Welcome to the South North Baptist Church podcast. This message was preached in 2019 as part of our identity series and it's called No Longer Slaves. We hope you'll be blessed, inspired, challenged by this message. Morning church. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by all of sorry, wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Amen. Last week we began, if you were here, uh, a series called Identity. How do we see ourselves? How do we describe ourselves? One of the things we said last week is that if I were to come around and say, please give me five words about yourself, what would you say? Is our sense of identity from inside or outside? And how does knowing Jesus fit into this? We were thinking about the story of the man that met Jesus because he was lowered through the roof and uh, he couldn't walk and his friends dug a hole in the roof and lowered him down. And we were thinking about how when he met Jesus, his whole identity changed. And we used a phrase from a hymn, he was ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. When he met Jesus, everything about him changed, even his identity. And today we're looking at another phrase which was in the Bible reading we heard that's made it into some of the worship songs we sing, picks up on one of the words there, ransom, and our phrase today is this, no longer slaves. I'm conscious that talking about slavery is always problematic because of the legacy of the transatlantic slave trade which still plays out in communities today. I'm conscious too of modern slavery. Just last week, on the uh, news it said the largest ever modern slavery ring was uncovered in the UK. Broken up after three year investigation. Some of its 400 victims worked for as little as 50p a day. Slavery is not just something of the past, 
but physical slavery is still something that affects the present. But this is the language that is used in the Bible. Paul is writing at a time when there was physical slavery in different forms, and so he uses that to talk about what it means to be a Christian. And very simply, he says, we were slaves. One of the main themes of the letter of Galatians is that being right with God is about what Jesus has done, not about keeping the Old Testament law. What was happening was, some of the non-Jewish Christians, the Gentile Christians, were being told by the Jewish Christians, ah, now you've become like us, you need to keep the whole of the Old Testament law. And Paul was like, no, no, that's not what it's about. It's about believing in Jesus. And Paul constantly refutes it throughout the letter of Galatians. Sometimes very strongly, he says they've been bewitched, they've been sucked in by other ways of thinking about it. And he finishes the passage we read today by being clear that we're no longer slaves, we're children, we're heirs with Jesus. Those of you that have read the Bible that know the story will know that the great story of the Old Testament, of course, is a story of rescue from slavery, isn't it? That's the main primary focus of identity for the people of Israel. Starts in the book of Genesis, and the story is told in the book of Exodus, isn't it? How, I've made this joke before and nobody got it, but I'll try it again. Way, way back, many centuries ago, not long after the Bible began. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Some people have watched musicals. Well, it's the story of Joseph. You see, what happens is a couple of generations after Abraham, Joseph comes on the scene. And after being mistreated by his family, God uses Joseph to bring rescue, to bring salvation to many, including his own family. And the upshot is that Joseph and his family, his father was called Jacob or Israel, end up living in Egypt. And a few generations down the line, as people do, they had lots of babies. And they became a multitude. And so the people of Egypt, the country they were living in, they were like, we don't like these foreigners living here. They're taking over. Could be contemporary, but I won't go there. And so they made them slaves. Until we read in Exodus 2, it says God heard the cries of his people and remembered his covenant. And then the story goes on, you might have seen the film Prince of Egypt, know the story of Moses. God raised up, raised up Moses as the one to lead his people out of slavery. And God rescues his people from slavery into freedom through an event called Passover. And then miraculous things happen. They get to the sea and how they're going to cross the sea and God parts the sea. And then when the Egyptians try and follow them into the sea, they just get washed up in the sea. And then the people rebel, but God continues to provide. When they don't have food, he makes quails rain down and manna spring up. He brings water from the rock and miraculous things happen. And eventually, God's people make it to the promised land. And it's a story of rescue from slavery. They're free. Until this chosen people, rescued and called by God, is given the law, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the story of what God has done and the rules by which they are to live as his special people. But right into the Galatians, as we said, Paul says that what matters is following Jesus, not the law. 
that actually Jesus is the fulfilment of the law. He's the one it's all pointing to. So he says this, those in Christ, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave nor free, male or female. Those distinctions are done away with. What matters is what Christ has done. And therefore, while both Jews and non-Jews were actually once slaves spiritually, now in Jesus, there is true freedom. Something that keeping the laws couldn't bring. Shockingly, Paul says here that both the Jews, the people who were rescued, who had this great story of rescue from slavery, were actually still spiritually as much slaves as the non-Jews. He says this, we were in slavery to the elemental forces of the world. Here's how one writer puts it. For Jews, the law consists in the rules and regulations, but Paul wants to compare the Jewish believers having been in custody under the law prior to conversion with Gentile believers being subject to the rules and regulations in their pagan religions prior to conversion. So he uses the phrase, the elements of the world, to include both the law and the pagan rules and regulations. Thus, we refers to both Jewish and Gentile believers, so far as enslavement is concerned. The shocking coordination of the law with pagan rules and regulations to keep the Galatians from subjecting themselves to re-enslavement, this time to the law, yet enslavement to elements of the world nonetheless. Put it simply, without Jesus, we were slaves. Slaves to keeping rules that can't save us. Verse 8 says, slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Or as Jesus put it in John 8, very, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And a slave has no permanent place in the family. On our own, we can't break out of this. On our own, we can't get our freedom on our own, there's nothing we can do. More regulations, more rules don't work. There is always that pull back, those things that hold us back. Now, I know it might sound a bit harsh and a bit weird for someone to tell you we're all slaves. That might sound a bit wrong. Because we like to believe, don't we, that we're free. We're masters of our own destiny. We can do whatever we want. But we see this slavery at work in the fact that, actually, we have an inability to always do the right thing, don't we? Sometimes, we feel the pull to do the wrong thing. We have a desire to rebel against the rules. If I say to you, don't eat the biscuits, what do you want to do? Exactly, and now we want biscuits. It's how it works. It's something in us. Don't touch. We think, why? What is it about touching that that's going to be so damaging? Keep off the grass. Well, you just want to run on the grass, don't you? And the ultimate expression of this inability to free ourselves is addiction. Where want to becomes have to. And addiction takes many forms. Just try telling me to go a day without a cup of tea. You would not see happy pasta. I would be more grumpy than usual. 
And so Paul says to the Galatians, thank you, don't get sucked in to a mindset which is about rules, because that's not going to free you. You can't break out. You need a saviour. You need a redeemer. You need someone to put you right with God. Ultimately, we are slaves. But now, we are children of God. But, says verse 4, it's always good when you see the word but in the Bible. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, so that we might receive adoption to sonship. In Roman times, adoption was a legal thing. You had almost better position in the family if you were adopted legally than those children that were born naturally. And so Paul says, we are adopted and we're free from slavery. But as one writer says, then came the new Passover. You see, it's the same story as Exodus of God rescuing people from slavery. God sent out, not Moses, but his son, Jesus, the Messiah. So that through his death, we could be bought and be right with God. Slaves could become children. And to show that happens, Paul says, the Holy Spirit is in our hearts. God sent the Spirit of his Son into your hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. This is the identity for those of us who are Christians. We are children of God. We are no longer slaves. We're no longer under the control of the rules. We're no longer slaves to sin. Only God can make slaves into sons and daughters, and sons and daughters into heirs. Or as Jesus put it back in John 8, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus brings freedom. Jesus brings adoption into God's family. And we're given the Holy Spirit to make us aware of that. Elsewhere, Paul writes in Romans 8, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought your adoption into sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Very similar language to that he uses here. We're no longer slaves to sin because of Jesus. We're no longer slaves to fear. Children of God are free. And so we can say with confidence, as a song we sometimes sing, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. As John writes, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Paul writes in Romans 6, For sin shall no longer be your master, for you're not under law, but under grace. In other words, quit worrying that you're not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. That's great, isn't it? You're free. You don't have to try You're never going to be a nice, good Christian. Stop trying. Be a bad Christian. It's all right. It doesn't mean that how we live doesn't matter. Sin is no longer our master. But it's not about trying hard. Our identity is children of God. We want to please God because his spirit is in us. 
Just want to make clear, some people talk about the whole of humanity as God's children. The Bible makes it clear that's not true. The whole of humanity is made in God's image and precious to him. But children of God are only those who know Jesus. The whole world is not the children of God. Because by nature we are objects of God's wrath. By nature we are far from God. We're cut off from God. We're slaves. Only when we receive Jesus, only through the blood of Jesus, do we become children of God. Jesus says, those who believe in him have the right to become children of God. Children born not of physical means, but born of God. Adopted into his family. Accepted. Here's how one writer puts it. People all around us are having identity crisis. Have you ever heard that? Maybe you've said that. They are trying to find out who they are. They go to therapy. They search for their roots. All of these things have their place. They try to build their self-worth on their achievements. But far more important than any of these ways of finding out who we are, we need to experience the gift of God the Father the gift of his Holy Spirit, who tells us that we are children of the Father. So last week, as we said, we said, if you were going to sum up yourself, if I said, who are you, in five words, I said, well, maybe you could say, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. That's four out of five. Well, today I want to say, if I said, who are you, maybe your answer is this. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. That is our identity in Jesus. Outside of Christ, our identity is subject to how we feel, to what has happened to us, to how we've achieved. We don't get the grades, we don't pass the test. Life goes wrong and we feel like we're rubbish. But Jesus says, you're a child of God. Your worth does not depend on your achievement. Your worth does not depend on what your parents said about you or say about you. Your worth does not depend on the spouse treating you well or mistreating you. Your worth does not depend on whether you climb the ladder and get the promotion. Your worth does not depend... It depends on Jesus. He determines your wealth. He says, you're so valuable, I'm going to die on a cross for you. The Father says... You're precious. And yet so often, we feel bad because someone says something nasty about us. Even in the church, you think, well, that person doesn't like me. I'm going to feel rubbish about myself. But feeling rubbish about yourself gives the other person power over you. Doesn't achieve anything. God says, if you believe in Jesus, you're no longer a slave. You're adopted as a child. And the spirit within you cries, Father. In Christ, because he came born of a woman, born under law, the wonder of Christmas, coming soon, you know. We can be children of God. Do you know that today? Maybe you are a Christian. Are you living that out as a child of God? Maybe you've never come to know for sure that you are God's child. It's not arrogant. It's not presumptuous, because it's not about what I have done. It's about what he has done. Do you know that today? Or maybe you are in slavery. Maybe there are addictions, maybe there are patterns in your life that you just feel like you can't break out of. 
Only God, by His Spirit, can bring freedom. If you're able to, let's stand together.